Are you been recording this whole time? Or have been recording? We started now. Okay. Hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hello. Testing one, two. All right. Hey, it's Pastor James, and that was probably really loud on your uh, phone or whatever you're listening and to. awkward. That's right. So thanks for listening. Uh, we got four of the parents here giving us an overview of what the youth group has been covering in the book of Matthew. So this is another one. I'll turn it over to Nick. I'll let him go, and uh, I'll interrupt him every now and then with uh, random questions I have. Yeah, so um, just a quick overview, kind of where we've been the last couple weeks in our teaching in the book of Matthew. Um, we've kind of been, again, zooming in on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is uh, doing some teaching, and he is starting off with what we kind of generally call the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the uh, are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And it goes on for 10 verses. And um, there's a lot of different ways to interpret that, but uh, and I don't have time to go into all the ways that people have tried to flesh out what Jesus is basically saying, but he's, I think, at the end of it, giving us a vision of what it means to flourish as humans. Right? If you could rephrase it, and there's a guy named Jonathan Pennington who wrote a book on this, Um he kind of says the best way to interpret that blessed word, the makarios in the Greek behind it, is uh, not happy, not blessed, especially the way that we, blessing is such a loaded word for Christians these days, uh, but that it would be flourishing. So flourishing are those, or sorry, flourishing are the poor in spirit, for they theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? Again, you are poor in spirit. You're not prideful and arrogant. Right? You flourish when you realize you don't have it all together. Right, Flourishing are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. When we allow ourselves to mourn, when even we're in a state of just life mourning, right? our life is hard, we know that we will be comforted. Right, God is our, our great comforter. Flourishing are the meek, those people who, um, for a good way of putting it that I put for the students, is those people who aren't bulldozers. Like they have weight that they can throw around and they choose not to. You flourish when you don't do that, right? So flourishing are those who is, I think, one of the better ways to interpret the, the Beatitudes, right? And so what Jesus is giving us is a picture of what it means to be fully human, what it means to flourish. And I and encourage the students that, that what Jesus is after here is not your perfection, but your wholeness. And he's going to unpack that more in the sermon, and I'll unpack that here in a second, right? But right after that, he tells them that even though you're doing this, you're going to be persecuted. Life's going to be hard. But even though life is going to be hard and you're going to be persecuted, this is verse, chapter 5, verse 11, uh, you have to remember that you're called to something. What are you called to be? Salt and light. What does salt do? Salt, um, again, in, in ancient context, we use it less these days. We use it just to season our food. Ancients would use it to season their food, but also it was a preservative, right? If you killed a big, fat cow, Odds are, even if you had a feast with a lot of people, you're still probably not eat all that cow. That's a lot of meat, right? Anybody that's had a whole cow or half cow butchered, like, you see how much meat that is. You got to do something to preserve some of that, right? So you pack it with salt, and that helps preserve the meat. Um, so what, what are we supposed to do as Christians? We're supposed to fight decay, right? As salt, we're supposed to fight decay, the, the decay that naturally happens in the world. We're supposed to be salting the earth, it, it says. Jesus says. So we're supposed to fight that decay, but also we're supposed to bring out the best in it. Salt and pepper, 
on food just brings out the best of the food that you're eating, right? James, you're really acknowledging that. Is that is yeah, that true? I'm just thinking of that steak that I had. It was been about a month ago, but just needed a little salt and pepper. You it was know, perfect. Just we're, we're good to go. Boom, right? So salt is is that which fights decay and also brings out the best. We're to be salty Christians, right? But, <laughs> but um, In the best way. That's right, in like, a good way, yeah. not in the, oh, this person's so salty. Exactly. And then we're also supposed to be light, right? Light brings hope. It gives guidance. It shines in the darkness. It shows people where to go, what to do and what not to do, right? So light is us. We, we're not supposed to have this like light that we then put under a basket. That's absurd. It's light that's supposed to shine and shine the whole house, um, brighten the whole house. We're supposed to be people who are light so that people will see our good deeds, it says in Matthew chapter 5, and glorify God, mm-hmm. their Father, because of it. So we, we're supposed to be salt, and we're supposed to be light. And so I ask the students, are you salt and light? And I would ask you, parents, is your life reflectant of that? Are you being salt and light? Are you finding decay? Or are you yourself decay? Are you bringing light in the darkness? Or are you yourself darkness? It's just a good question to ask. Okay, and then the other part that I'm really speaking on tonight in November 9th is um, Jesus is talking about the Old Testament laws, right? Thou shalt not murder and commit adultery are two that I'm covering this evening. And Jesus is saying, like, it's not just the external, the exterior, like, oh, I'm okay because I haven't committed adultery. Oh, I'm okay because I haven't murdered somebody. Jesus comes after the interior. He comes after the heart. And he says that that matters too to God. And uh, the classic old passage testament from this is David's anointing in 1 Samuel 16, um, where God says, don't look at the way uh, Samuel's going to anoint David. And don't look at the sons of Jesse the way that you do. They're tall, the firstborn, handsome, you know, studly. God doesn't look at that. God sees and looks at the heart. God sees your heart. So even if you haven't murdered someone, even if you haven't committed adultery, God cares about your interior too. So do our interior actions and thoughts and attitudes match our exterior actions? Are we in love with God and seeking to follow him as he wants us to? Or are we more concerned about keeping and not breaking the rules so we look good? Right? Just a good question. I'm going to ask that question to the teens tonight. And again, just remembering like Jesus is after the heart. Like if you look after a woman with lust in your eyes, you've committed adultery with her, right? If you are angry with your brother in an irrational way, like you are doing that, it like, again, for both murder and adultery, there'd be a court case to have those things before the death penalty is, is put upon somebody. Jesus is saying, you don't even need a court case. God sees. That's your court case right there. God sees all that's there in the heart. Don't forget that. So that's what Jesus is coming after. And he even says that's the, he says, um, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees. He's talking about a different kind of righteousness. The scribes and the Pharisees are really good at keeping the law. Yeah, those guys don't murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't commit adultery. Yeah, they keep the Sabbath perfectly. But guess what? They're whitewashed tombs. They're empty cups because interiorly, they love all the praise and they love all the attention. They are not, they're exterior does not match their interior or interior does not meant match their exterior so anyways that's kind of where we've been at in uh, the book of matthew 
and uh, we'll do a couple more weeks in the Sermon on the Mount and then take a pause and do an Advent series. So that's what we got. Any questions? Yeah, I don't think so. Just, again, touching on, I think, our mission here at CCF is to make maturing disciples, and I think us being mature is not just being shiny on the outside. And so taking time to challenge ourselves as adults, but also the teens as well, like what's inside matters. And that's what got the Pharisees and the Sadducees in trouble was they they looked fine, but they they weren't fine. And so I think that's great that uh, you and the teens are moving through that. So yeah. we'll invite them into that and parents as well. Again, it's a good t- chance to ask us those same questions. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I got. So. so. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah, and I'd add a special challenge to this one. If you're listening to these podcasts, I'd encourage you to shoot Nick a note. Just let him know that you're nicking that. He can always look at metrics, but a specific email that says you're listening uh, would let him know, hey, uh, this is valuable. So, it would be nice. So. so we would encourage you to do that. Uh, this is a, a kind of a limited edition, just this episode, special Boom. request. So thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye.